The Strange Case of Benjamin Button is that movie about the man uh, Benjamin who is born as a as a baby, of course, and he's born in a very interesting way because he is an old man as he is born. So he's an old baby, we could say. So it's a, a baby, very little and tiny, but with the face and the traits of, of an old man. And as he grows up, Benjamin gets younger and younger as years go by. And when everyone uh, alongside him gets older with time, he's rejuvenated by the passing of time. It's an amazing story in that movie that depicts very well how God understands life as we read in the gospel today. Very different from us. We see life as something that begins in fullness and maybe like a tank in a car, it empties out as we go. We can say run out of life at the end of our lives. But God comes to offer a different type of life, a different type of life altogether. What he offers is life eternal. A life like that of Benjamin Baden that only increases day after day with only one difference, that it has no end. It is pointed towards a fulfillment in heaven. Eternal life is what Jesus offers. More powerful than anything of this earth. More powerful than even death as Jesus reveals today through this miracle that he performs. In his words, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even if he dies, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Will never die. Life is one of those words that Jesus uses the most according to the Gospel of John. And he uses that word life particularly with one adjective, and that is the adjective of eternal. He speaks about eternal life many times in the Gospel of John. In fact, those words eternal life, so those two words together, appear 17 times in the Gospel of John. And what is most striking is that He's not speaking about the future life. When we think of eternal life, we think, okay, yes, the, the promise of, of heaven that Jesus has prepared for us. But Jesus in the Gospel of John is not talking about that at all. Twelve of those 17 times when Jesus speaks about eternal life is to speak about this life that we, we are living right now. It's almost like Jesus says there's two levels of life. There's life as you know it, and people in the life of Benjamin Baden knew it. You know, they got older and older and older until one day they died. Or there's life eternal, better portrayed as the life of Benjamin, a man who got younger and younger and younger, with the difference that it points out to that fulfillment in heaven. Eternal life is what Jesus promises. That is how God sees life from his own perspective. There's a deeper level of life 
that Jesus is trying to portray in the gospel today. And that's why the whole miracle and everything that happens. It strikes me that the miracle is it's almost, I, I don't want to say irrelevant, but it, it loses power. The most important part of the gospel is everything that comes before the whole talk on life and life eternal. That is the most striking and powerful part of the gospel. And then towards the end we read that you know, he you know, came out of the tomb and was uh, you know, risen from the dead again by the words of Jesus. But everything that happens before that is the even most uh, powerful part of the gospel. So Jesus wants to convey, to show, to portray this different type of life, this different level of life that he comes to offer to the souls that enter in contact with him. And so we can ask ourselves, what are some signs of that eternal life? What, what are some signs of those who do have that eternal life in themselves already in this life? And I think there's two main signs of that eternal life, of those who possess that eternal life already in this life. And we see them in, uh, portrayed in Jesus in the gospel today. Those who have that eternal life in the first place live a contrasting life. They start living a life that has a lot of contrasts. They are able to be thankful and rejoice even in times of hardships and sadness. Like Jesus in the gospel today, he raises his eyes and says, and says thank you, Father, because you always hear me. And even though this, you know, the, the scene is the saddest that it could be, I am with you. You hear my not of my words fall to the ground because you are my Father and you are always with me. He had that eternal life. He, he could live in contrast with the world, with everything that was going on. How important it is that for the situation that we are in right now. That if we do have that eternal life in us, we experience a contrast with everything that is going on. That the world grows anxious and we are at peace. That there is sadness and we rejoice. That everyone, you know, reels back what they do and we continue to develop new habits, new ways of reaching to others. So those who have eternal life in them begin to live a contrasting life. They are able to console others in times of suffering like Jesus. To encounter peace when anxiety takes over. So that is the first sign almost. that you can, When you see that in someone you say, okay, that person has eternal life. They are, they are citizens of heaven already in this life. And the second sign of those who possess eternal life is that their words and actions have power to transform. Their words and actions have a special power of themselves. They can transform and pierce hearts. Look at Jesus and in the gospel and the whole situation today. He arrives and there's a commotion in the place. They see him weep and people are moved. By his tears. Everyone, every single one of his words, you know, pierces people's hearts and souls of those who are hearing him. There's a different level of life that comes out of every single word and action of Jesus in the gospel today. And so it happens with those who have that eternal life in themselves. 
They look at you and they purse your soul. They say a word and it has a special impact. Their actions, they speak volumes. And that's because they have this eternal life in them. They are living at a different level than everyone else. Sister Teresa was sharing with me that in Portland, uh, they are doing, before all this um, um, breakout of the coronavirus, of course, and, and they are doing it in some, in some different ways now, but they are reaching out to the homeless with this program that is called Hope in the City. And so they have um, you know, many volunteers, and they are going out to the homeless, and they are helping the homeless population in Portland, getting to know them, getting to know their names, praying with them, announcing the, the good news, and also helping them with the most immediate needs that they have. It's an, an amazing, amazing program. And I can tell you, because I know many of them, that those who go, they're really committed. Beautiful souls, people who are going in the midst of everything that's going on, even and helping the homeless and risking you know, their own lives and safety. And it's, it's amazing to see. And the other day, Sister Teresa went to... Um, to you know, Fred Meyer, or a Wink, or somewhere uh, to do some groceries for the Newman Center, and you know, at this random place, she encountered this person, you know, this man who came up to her and said, uh, "You know, my name is so and so, and I just want to tell you, thank you for all that you do for the homeless." <laughs> she said, "Like we're, I'm, I'm doing groceries for the Newman Center right now," and he said, "You know, yes, but I see you come out, uh, go out." You know, week after week, every Thursday, to to be with the homeless, and I see you going out, and I see your whole group, and I I see how much you are doing, and and has really struck me, and I I am questioning my own faith, and I was raised as a Catholic, and I have drifted, and I I am starting to come uh, you know back and studying my faith again and trying to to come back to my faith, and so they had this amazing conversation over tears of this man, and it was an amazing moving moment but it, it was all because of the the eternal life that these people have and how their works had an impact that they didn't even realize they were speaking with their actions and i'm sure their works are also very very powerful so it may be good to question ourselves in this evening about that eternal life in me do I have that eternal life that Jesus comes to offer? Maybe we can ask ourselves, does my life have any contrast? Do I bring any contrast into the places that I go? Maybe we can ask ourselves, do my words and actions have that power? Are they powerful or powerless? We can ask ourselves to see if we can see some of those signs of eternal life. I'm sure, and I know many of you, and I, I, I see those signs of eternal life. And I'm sure we can you know, point out some of them. But if we don't, maybe we can start working on that. And that is what leads us to the second point of the whole miracle that we read about today, this raising of Lazarus. The second point of the gospel today is that God communicates that eternal life to us in a very specific way, through friendship. God has decided to communicate that eternal life to us 
through friendship with his son. So Jesus is the friend of our souls. He's the one who comes to befriend us. And through that friendship with the eternal, we have access to that eternal life. And we can start seeing these signs in ourselves also through friendship with Christ. Look at the gospel today and how Jesus is offering that friendship over and over to all these people. They come and tell Jesus, the one you love is ill. So it means that people knew that Jesus loved Lazarus a lot, that they were good friends. Jesus was offering that eternal life through that friendship. And then the gospel says also that Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And it also says that the Jewish people saw how Jesus wept and they said, see how he loved him. So they realized in, in, in the compassion that he had, that he had a great friendship love for his friend. And then they also say, uh, Jesus also says to the disciples, our friend Lazarus is asleep. That implies not only a friendship with himself, but a friendship of Jesus with his twelve and all of them with Lazarus. Jesus is a man of friendship. He's the man, God, who comes to offer friendship to us. And those who become friends of Christ in this life begin to have that eternal life. And you start seeing that there's a contrast to your life that you never knew before. And you start seeing that your words and your actions have a power that almost don't belong to you. And many other signs that you experience of that eternal life in you that points towards that fulfillment in heaven. It is through friendship with Christ that we receive that eternal life. So how can we grow in that friendship with Christ so we can see more of those signs of eternal life in us? I think, and very briefly, that there's the, the two F's of friendship that can help us. And one is familiarity, and the other one is faithfulness. Familiarity, fam familiarity and faithfulness. Those are the two F's of friendship. And Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, they very much practiced these ones with Jesus. They were friends because they had these two things. In the first place, they were familiar with Jesus. We know that they spent time with him. We know of one other instance on Luke 7, when Jesus goes to visit their home as he was passing by uh, Beth uh, Bethany. But many times we know that uh, Jesus, when he you know, retreated from Jerusalem, would go to, to Bethany and visit with them. They were familiar. They knew each other. They have come to know the heart of Christ, the mind of Christ. Do you know the heart of Christ? Do you know his mind, his criteria? Do you know him well? Do you know him firsthand? Not what other people say, but do you know him well, firsthand, from your own experience, familiarity? And now in these moments that we are, you know, these times that we are going through uh, with quarantine and all this, we have more time. How beautiful it would be if we devote more time to be with a friend. Someone was telling me that they started reading the Gospels. You know, from cover to cover, just the Gospels, to know the life of Christ very, very well. You know, you can, you can do that. 
and read you know three, four, five chapters a day to to get to know the the gospels better and not just like in a broken way as we read in the in the liturgy. Or you know maybe you can devote time in silence every day. Or maybe you can uh, start you know uh, doing the meditation every single day if you haven't uh, been doing that with the gospel for the day. Maybe you can start going to a church that is closest to you and, and go and visit the Blessed Sacrament as so you can still do that. Whatever it is that may bring you into a greater familiarity with Christ so that you may know his heart, know his mind better. And in the second place, faithfulness. And we see that in Martha and Mary and Lazarus, of course. You know, Lazarus received the command, Lazarus, come out, and he did come out. He was even obedient being dead. But also Martha and Mary, they had to be obedient. Did, did I not tell you that if you believe, and they say, okay, we'll remove the stone, we'll do whatever you say. And it is through that obedience, through that faithfulness to his words, that they get to know the, the master and they grow in friendship. So Jesus said, the one who is my disciple will do, uh, will, you know, uh, believe, uh, practice my commandments. And so those who, who want to follow him are those who obey his commandments. And as we obey him, as we o- obey his guidance, then we grow in that friendship with Christ. So I want to invite all of us to invest on, the, on these two things, that we may grow in our friendship with the eternal. Now, how can you grow in familiarity? What are some things that you can do to foster that more? How can you grow in faithfulness, in obedience to his word? What is one concrete aspect, one concrete element that you can bring into your life? And the great news is that we are about to remove the stone now in a couple minutes. We'll remove the stone and, and here on the stone of this altar, Jesus will come down. The friend, the one who comes to offer eternal life. Because eternal life is a person. He's the one who says, I call you friends. And you come in relationship with me and I will give you eternal life. So that you already start living in heaven today. You don't need to wait. And you will see those signs. You will see those effects. So as the stone is removed today and you are able to see him here in the Eucharist, make a commitment tonight to grow in that friendship like Lazarus, like Martha, like Mary. To be more familiar with the Lord and to also grow in faithfulness.